With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To make America's craft wine, you've got to make it like America. Bold, ambitious, unconventional. Crushing grapes like our forefathers crushed kings. So grab a bottle of America's craft wine, like our Lodi Cab with bold berries and tart cherry. The Honest Red Blend with plums and blackberry. A juicy Zinfandel. Or a smoky bourbon barrel aged. Pour it in a glass and go forth. Because there's history in the making. The Federalist. America's craft wine. Federalist Vineyards, Rutherford, California. Enjoy responsibly. Hello and welcome to the Club Podcast, brought to you by the Pitch Sport Football Fan App, giving the fans a voice. Get your free download on the App Store and Google Play Store. This is your host, Keith Plunkett tonight, and joining me is Peter Smith and Garbrain. Peter, how are you? Good evening from Barcelona, guys. Sunny Barcelona, sunny Spain. Well for you. And Gar, sunny Finglas, how's that? Uh, sunny, sorry, uh, sunny Charlestown there, uh, Keith. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sunny yes, Charlestown. We've had a beautiful day here in Charlestown today, yeah, and uh, we have a red sky, so we might have a, we have a nice day ahead of us tomorrow, Keith. Happy days, happy days. It's a pity you can't see us because we're uh, actually very, very dapper here tonight. I'm wearing uh, the Liverpool away short and from the 87-88 season, the silver and red. Pete, what have you got on the 80... I've got the the retro one from the site, the 85-86 double winners. But Brina, Garbrain actually has Kenny Dalglish's actual worn number seven short i'm pretty sure he's yeah i think he's got the goal to win the league in that short yeah and you can see the the space that's left for his arse in it no yeah yeah (laughs) he's built it for the arse like i said it's a the number was the number is very high up at the back so that might have something to do with the arse would say that could be especially made, especially made. Um, but now it's it's if we do, we look smashing. I like a, a retro boy band here, but sure, what can we do? This is what happens when you get three good looking gentlemen together like this. Um, we'll enough talking about us and how amazing we look. We'll move on. Football lads, it's coming back very, very soon. How are you feeling, Peter? Well, for me, to be quite honest with you, you know, it was never in doubt. It was always going to come back, you know, when, when you've got this amount of zeros at stake and at the table. And even though, you know, there was a lot of gnashing teeth and uh, we've we've laughed about the amount of medical experts out there and people that the likes of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of Manchester City fans and celebrity fans would have been crying for null and void. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. I think it, it's good that the, the league's going to come to a natural conclusion and even better that we get to face off against Everton and it looks like the decision will be made on Friday at Goodison Park. Yeah, Gar, what do you think? 
Goodison yeah, Park but, or Brickfield Park or Phoenix Park. I don't, I don't, do you know what? I don't care where, where do you know, when, when the thought of neutral stadiums had come up at the time, I was like, yeah. just be it. Now, in fairness, there was probably a reason for that, lads. You know, Erlach, you know, we're going to, we'll probably turn up a mass, mass number. Let's, let's be 100% honest here. Yeah. Um, but listen, any potential fines or whatever, we're probably going to be thrown in there as well, I would imagine. But now, listen, I don't care where we do it. It's it's back on. We've got a bit of football to look forward to. The the Bundesliga has given us a bit of a taste, and um, the crowd noise the weekend I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I thought it added, added a bit to where uh, as, as far as the the TV side of it, and uh, I suppose more for the players as well. Um, you know, it gives it gives a bit of different than, than the empty stadiums and and the shouting around that goes around. So really, really looking forward to that, as I say. Yeah, that that's good stuff. And P, um, have you seen much of the Bundesliga? They start pumping the crowd noise into the broadcast. Yeah, I think they got in touch with the the, the crowd that are responsible for the the effects on FIFA twenty. So, yeah. you, you know, there's a few. You know, I have to say, I'm partial to a game or two myself, and there's a few <laughs> few noises in the background that I did recognise. Feel familiar. Um, few, few familiar shouts. Yeah, but the football itself has been very good. I mean, a lot of people I think thought that'd be sterile. Uh, I yeah. actually, I think Gary, you and I discussed this before. You know, having played the game, you know, we probably thought that. Uh, certainly in the first couple of games that there were lads trying things that they would, wouldn't normally try if crowds were there, particularly in the first game, the derby game between um, Dortmund and Schalke. I, 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 I found that the, the left-back was getting forward probably more yeah. than he would do and managed to nick a goal or two and you know try and flicks here and there. So if anything, probably the lack of a crowd, dare I say it, not that football's better without a crowd, but the lack of a crowd has probably taken the pressure off some of the sides and, and they're starting to actually perform. Yeah. And do you think, Gar, do you think it's it's a benefit to the better, the technically better sides that there is no crowd there and it's literally just two teams out against each other and play the game? Do you know what I mean? Like, if we think about everything coming up now, at Goodison and the old lady won't be rocking. It'll probably be rocking because if it's played there because there'll be a bit of wind. But other than that, there's not going to be a crowd there intimidating and there's not going to be an atmosphere generated. Is that benefiting? Because I see like Bayern Munich are romping it over in Germany. Dortmund fairly romping it as well. Like the good teams tend to be playing good stuff. Do you see that happening with us? If you, if you look, I suppose, with, with them sides, you've got, you got Dortmund and, and you've just spotted Munich as well. With the intensity they play at, um, I think Flick uh, has has done a tremendous job in, in reinvigorating that that Bayern side. To be honest with you, um, and, and I suppose not to go on about German football, but if you look at them two sides, they they have been quite intense in, in their approach and how they've played. I'm not sure what mileage is doing because obviously that the five substitutions will, will mess around with that with player wise, and that's fair enough because fatigue and stuff will set in. But I have to say, for for us. And I know lads has probably spoken about this on, on, on previous podcasts with the intensity of, of our front three. We obviously don't play at that full shot, uh, but it'll give our front three a lot of rest the last couple of months, which which they've needed. Let's be 100% honest here. We've, we've been very lucky in, in regards of injury wise with, with a lot of them. We know Firmino had a little injury there last year. So it, it could suit us a lot, whereas Everton are still aside in, in transition. You've got Ancelotti, who's you know, his last couple of jobs, he just looks like he's there for a couple of books. To be honest with you, um, so yeah, to, uh, I think I think it suits. It's going to suit us. 
this break, this rest, and and will suit us as, as an intense from from our attack and flow from the, the speed they they attack teams in, in the way they interchange with each other. I think it's gonna hopefully it suits yeah. us a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. And Pete, what would you can you see them wrapping it up in two wins or two games, sorry, and just getting it over and done with it quickly? Or could you see it maybe? What well, we've everything we've Palace and then we've City. I mean, in all reality, I think it's going to be done and dusted before it comes to Man well, City. But yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree. With that. But I've said before, I think I think the fourth game will probably see. I, I don't think Manchester City want to come back at all. Yeah. Um, I've said that before and I don't blame them. What If I was sitting even second place, 25 points behind Liverpool, wouldn't want to play in the league. You know, I'd be, I'd be thinking to myself, okay, if the Champions League will still go ahead, I kind of want to just rest everybody and play in that. If I'm Pep and I'm a little bit petulant as he tends to be, I'm playing Phil Foden. You know, I'm playing some of the fringe players in the league game. I'm losing against the Arsenal. Or I'm drawing against the Arsenal. Liverpool are going out and doing what they do against Everton normally, which is beat them. And it's done game one, to be quite honest. Yeah. With you. That's, that's the way and I see it. It wouldn't surprise me, Gary, you thinking that's a possibility as well, that Man City will have their eye on a different... Uh, yeah, and, and listen, I know we're going to touch on to it, but there's a little, little uh, thing going on in the background as well, mm-hmm. which... Some of them players could have their eye on. We'll, we'll touch on that as, in a word, I suppose. I suppose the the, the increase in the substitutions was was an interest uh, for someone like, as I, I suppose, yeah. a, a you coach like me. For Phil Foden not to get two more minutes of a game, he could like could actually get five minutes. So that's yeah. a, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it, no, it listen, the guy is, a, you know, he's he's just bought down there. He, he's a fairly talented player, and you know, to get to a squad like that um, is, is is fairly fairly tough. But in fairness. There's, there's probably the argument as well that Pep could have had a bit more uh, trust him at times. Yeah, um, it's certainly been not guilty, sl- Yeah, not, not slogging players out um, and, and returning players too quick from injury, which we've seen with De Bruyne a couple of times. Uh, but no, I think I think this could suit us. I, I, I did say the Palace game uh, within our group a while back and I still think it's going to be... The, this is where we get our retribution back from a few years ago, I think. Crystal Ball. Ball. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Glenn Johnson nightmare. Yeah, one of a few. Um, You've touched, you know what, we'll have a quick chat about the Man City thing. We've touched on it there, lads. And, you know, I understand where you're coming from, Pete, there saying, you know, they've their eye on, their eye is on something else. And, you know, it, it can be a distraction. But if you're a player in that Man City team and you're looking at, right, the league, it's hard to get ourselves up for this league run. You know, what we've a chance in the Champions League. Is the weight of this court case, are they thinking about that, do you think? Is that in the back of their mind? Like, you know, is, is Raheem Sterling thinking, I'm out of here. If this court case doesn't go the way we hope it goes, Man City, not us here, <laughs> like Man City. If this doesn't go how we hope it goes, I'm out of here. Like, is that going to have an impact on them for yeah, that end line? Even listen, the if League? I'm Kevin De Bruyne... Uh, 28 years of age if I'm Raheem Sterling although Raheem Sterling is only 23 if I'm a top player at Manchester City um, to be honest I'm not there to win the Premier League I've won the Premier League arguably twice or three times I could go to Serie A and win win Serie A I could go to Spain and win you know win uh, win La Liga with Real Madrid Um, but I'm here because I'm with Pep Pep Guardiola and I want to make history so to be quite honest, I know there's a lot of Manchester City fans online, and as you guys know, I interact with a lot of them and a lot of journalists online. Uh, as much as they can try and tell themselves that, oh no, the lads are in it for the long haul, the lads, 
I keep telling them, of course, the lads are going to give you the sound bites and saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to stick together. But as professionals and as career people, nobody's interested in sticking around for a two-year ban, not even a one-year ban. If I'm Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. I'm gone. I mean, the lad has already made it clear that, oh, you know, the two-year ban might be too long. And I, I'm being honest with you, even, you know, read between the lines, Pep Guardiola's opening statement when this all, and the court case came to came on the horizon. He turned around and said, "Well, my owners tell me that mm. um, they they have do, they have done no wrong, so I take their word for it." Now, what he's saying there, he's not saying they're completely innocent. This is rubbish. He's saying, "I'm being told that um, that they've done no wrong." Rest assured, yeah. if Manchester City and it emerges that Manchester City have. Uh, and the ban is up, upheld, and there's no, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they're guilty. I think the basis of their defence will be the validity of FFP, but we'll talk about that again. Yeah. But if man, if this ban is upheld, expect all of the top performers, the big earners, to abandon ship. They will go beyond the shadow of a doubt. The only place to be and to perform in football is the Champions League. Yeah, it's a short career, you know. It's it's two years out of the the actual playing side of it. It's it it is a sizable chunk, you know, Gar. And even for the likes of Pep, you know, Pep is Pep is chasing that Champions League as much as any of the players are. You know, the, the does does the I'm a huge Pep Guardiola fan. Um, for what he done at Barcelona, and I think he gets a bit of a harsh ride about you know taking the big spending teams and the teams expected to dominate and win Champions Leagues because he sort of transformed Barca at the time you know Roy Card was a, I thought Roy Card was a great coach for Barca but they had slightly lost their way a bit under under him and Guardiola came in and sort of freshened it up and people say he's lucky he had Messi or whatever but even for Pep it's it's a two year of not getting that Champions League now he tends to not stick at clubs too long He's already been, this is fourth year, I think, at Man City. Like, can you see him sticking another two, Gar, if there's not a minimum of two if they're out and he's saying he'll be there for long? Can you see that happening or can you see him looking if, till if you this happens, right, this If this happens, to be honest with you, lads, it, this is totally different to what happened to Juve a few years back, right? This is totally different to what happened to Rangers a few back. I know, obviously, some players stayed within those squads. You're looking at FFP coming in, I'm sure it's what's going on now is going to have an impact on wage structures, possible incomings in to, to clubs as well. Okay, in, in my opinion, I'm not. You know, what do I know? And um, I feel that this could, you know, and you've touched on Guardiola there, Keith. You know, while you've said that, obviously I am a fan, and there's this thing. Oh, he only you've just touched on. He only takes big teams, but he's one of the best coaches in the world. The best coaches in the world do not go to mid-table sides. Let's let's be a hundred percent, you know. And, and we can have arguments on Twitter all you want with oh, he's he's only this and he's only that. The best coaches in the world go to possibly the, the richest coach. clubs in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Why it, not it, even it, be the best? Could be the richest because yeah. it's 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 yeah, exactly yeah. to compete yeah. for the big prizes. To compete the project. For the project. And it's, it's always a project, right? Yeah. These guys in fact, always have a project. The the exception to the rule is probably Klopp you know when that Klopp yeah. does have a bit more of a romantic um, romantic side to him in that he wants to you know maybe take the sleeping giant or the the team that's on its arse and try to lift that rather than go uh, you know he was linked with Madrid he was linked with Man United, he was linked with Bayern Munich but he was he seems to like the level of club that Emotionally invest, and he emotionally invests in you know. So he is a bit of a, an exception. Yeah, but let's let's be let's honest. Not, sorry, yeah. 
Sorry, not his last season at Dortmund, Dortmund spent a hell of a lot of money, and that's yeah. how it's ruled. They are almost yeah. relegated. But let's be honest about let's be honest about Jorgen. Take our Liverpool, you know, red tinted glasses off. He didn't have the pedigree as a player that um Guardiola had, and he wasn't he didn't have the benefit of being in the surroundings that Guardiola did. Mm. So he generally genuinely had to build a build a reputation at Mines, which he did successfully. And even at Dortmund, nobody's thrown tens of millions at you at Dortmund. They're, they're telling you, okay, if we're gonna buy, we're gonna buy young and we're going to buy to develop under the understanding that these players better buy into, you know, your project. It's like a glor- Dortmund for me is like a glorified Tottenham. It's like a Tottenham that wins, to be quite honest with you. But for me, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the criticism. I, although I agree with Gar and I agree with you, Keith, to a certain extent. I understand the criticism of Guardiola. But again, it's not his fault that he was a top-class footballer who learned from yeah. top-class managers in Bobby Robson exactly. and to you know and and others at the club. It's not his. He shouldn't be yeah, punished yeah. or cast. Yeah, yeah, or castigated for that. You are where you are. However, the I think. He was very much prince in waiting, having been manager of the B the B team set up at Barcelona, which again is is geared towards winning. And you know the jobs he has taken subsequently, I would argue that he failed at Bayern Munich because you don't go to Bayern Munich to win the league. You go to Bayern Munich to at least at least compete in the semi final slash final of the Champions League. The Germans expect so. I think um, Guardiola's um, legacy. Is that he? Yes, he was very successful at Barcelona, but Bar- Barcelona uh, uh, expects success and a gear towards it. But he failed at uh, at Bayern Munich, and he's on the cusp of failure. At, yeah. uh, dare I say, it. not in a football sense, because the football is fantastic. But he's on the cusp. I mean, he's on the cusp of failure at Manchester. City. I mean, if you look at even the the Vincent Company conundrum yeah. and the the fullbacks conundrum, I mean, he's thrown. Arguably 300 million alone at fullbacks and hasn't solved that particular problem. He hasn't, he failed this season to replace Vince and company. For me, it doesn't bode well. And he's had multiple stabs at it. Doesn't bode well. Doesn't bode well. But it's like he, he has a blind spot there in the sense. Uh, and the thing I like about Pep is that he's not afraid to be innovative, right? And at Bayern Munich, he was thrown Philippe Lam in centre-half, centre-mid, centre-forward, if he could have got away with it, he'd pull him anywhere because he likes an intelligent player. And he's really banked on Fernandinho being able to go in and fill the void of company because the only one they were really linked with was Maguire. And when he was sort of getting priced, the price was going up on him. City weren't scampering for another centre-back and they seemed to put all their eggs in the Fernandinho basket. Now, look, Fernandinho's a good midfielder, but... You get away with a player like that maybe in Mascherano at Barcelona or Philippe Lama at Bayern when you're not coming under constant pressure. But, you know, none of them teams had a Liverpool to deal with. You know, that's not blown smoke up Liverpool's arse, but, like, people say Liverpool were lucky. This, not lucky, you know, they, they struck it lucky this year. City had an off-season and Liverpool just sort of capitalised. That's forgetting and ignoring the season we had last season where we got 97 points and won the Champions League you know it's a phenomenal season what Guardiola has done at City has he won only two league titles is it two. he didn't no. win in his fourth sure. two or three was it they were going for three so yeah he's won two yeah two league titles and a rake of blade in domestic cups yeah, right. If he doesn't win the Champions League this season... And no, it's a failure. Team, it's a complete failure. You know, to spend, to, to spend a billion pounds 
Mm. And not win, not win anything in Europe is a. Is, I'm sorry. Let's be clear here. It's a complete not a failure. And if you look at, if you look at what's going on now in court, um, it kind of underlines that. I mean, this is, I mean, it, this is more than a case. This is, this is the future of what we would regard of, as football. So will football become, and certainly European football, become a, just a battle of who's the richest and who controls yeah. the the most money, and or will it? you know, be reined in and will, you know, for example, if you look at the Liverpool model, look at Dortmund model, the look at the, the best example is the Leipzig model, will development win out? And I think this is, I think Cass, and I'm not just saying this, I, I've nothing, no axe to grind at Manchester City fans. I think they're fantastic people. I engage with them all, all the time. But if, if I think football and Cass has a responsibility to to UEFA, uh, UEFA is a an ailing organization, a very badly organization and a corrupt organization. But they have a, a responsibility to them because they are the governing body and they have a responsibility to clubs like Leipzig who are building this model, even though they could spend all the money in the world, but they're de- yeah. building a development model, which is good for football. Um, and they have a responsibility to, to uphold the, the punishment as is. Yeah. Gar, how do you feel? Do you think, think that's, that's clear? On, uh, uh, yeah, and he's touched on one of the biggest things at the moment is this decision between Cass but probably involves on, on what on what UEFA say. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and hmm. this this is the big thing. If UEFA back Cass here, you know, that's two years goodbye City. Um, you won't yeah. see it for a little while player, you know, it'll disrupt them hugely and I think Pete's just touched on it it, it is a, a body that is under change, like our own um, <clears throat> body over here <laughs> yeah. this is a huge, huge, huge decision for, for UEFA to, to yeah. act upon if, mm. if, if they stick dig their feet in here um, the, the integrity of UEFA is at stake yeah. yeah, 100%. And we've seen PSG uh, get away with things lately because don't they have a board member? Yeah, they are. Who sits on that UEFA board? Yeah. Yeah. This is huge. This is huge. And is, isn't there an ex Man United chairman on that UEFA board currently? Is that real? David, you know, you may, I, I, I don't thought know. one of them may have been on. So I think he was. Possibly, yeah. I think he was. He was. Ah, uh, sure. I thought we, we were going to get fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, friendly no, face. For me, for me, it's it's very simple. You know, I mean, I, I you're looking at the basis of Manchester City's defence. I mean, if you look at even their so-called ITK fans, they're in the nose, and that's a controversial subject right now. But the in the nose, they're, the basis of their defence is that everyone else is corrupt and UEFA. Yeah corrupt there's none of them that I, I mean i'm i'm quite balanced anyone that knows me on social media i'm quite balanced i look at it and say listen so you're telling me because they won't acknowledge their wrongdoings you're telling me that you your whole basis of defense is the fact that you believe that uefa is a corrupt and corruptible organization as in paris saint-germain etc etc and that the the basis of fair the fair uh, financial fair play is flawed in essence so i would say to you okay Perhaps you're right about the corruption and perhaps you're right about other uh, clubs, but two wrongs don't make it right. I will also say to you uh, that the fact that um, FFP is per- perhaps fundamentally flawed, why did your club sign up to it? Why have you, why, by very, oh, we didn't sign anything. No, by virtue of agreeing to partake in the competition, you've signed up yeah. to it. So I'm sorry, you have signed up to it. So the, when, when uh, Soriano, the Manchester City, Ferran Soriano, um, 
when the chief executive decided to make the statement that we have irrefutable evidence, he didn't have irrefutable evidence that there was no wrongdoing done. There's only two areas that can be legally challenged here, and that's the uh, the hacked emails um, that suggest that the their sponsorship source is, uh, shall we say, an inflated source of income, and that's been proven. So that what they what they want to do is try to make those that the source of that information inadmissible in court. So you would have a, a basis, a legal basis to say you only have that evidence because it was got by this Portuguese, Portuguese guy uh, in illegal circumstances. That could happen. So that might be inadmissible. Or you could turn the defense into attack and say, almost like an OJ Simpson play, say that the basis and the fund, the fundamentals of FFP are flawed. Therefore, it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be uh, a stature. And I think what UEFA will come back and say is, OK, but you agree to it. And every other club yeah. agreed to it. And by the way, AC Milan, who we punished three years ago, well, so you're opening up a huge can of worms. Yeah. I yeah. can't see any way out of this at all for Manchester City. And Pete, yeah. don't forget, if can't see you've already been two years ago down the road uh, over the sponsorship. And, and, they, the, and they've already mean, paid, and they paid the fine. But they uh, yeah. fundamentally, the key to that is they've already paid the fine. Now it's like when people say to me about oh, but Liverpool hacked our database, and I say, yeah, that, that may have been the case. I said, but what you did is that you accepted the one, your club accepted the one million pound settlement yeah. to say that's okay. What you really should have done, and what your club should have done, was to say, no, 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 we don't want your million pounds. No. We're going to take this to it's an arbitrator. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And they did, Manchester, and they chose Ma- to go down their route with it. Man- Manchester City have made a number of fundamental errors all the way through this. Now, you believe that it's based on Caldoons and, and the, the, the Sheikh Mansour, on the arrogance. They come yeah. from a culture where what they, they make up the rules, basically. Um, what they say goes, they rule the country with an iron fist. Yeah. They're not used to being held accountable. And if you look at one yeah. of the articles that was written today in the Financial Times, it put, well, Caldeon makes a statement saying, oh, I will do anything for for you know uh, for my bosses. And he's almost given away clues as to say, I think they actually resent the fact that they, they have to pretend they have to yeah. play the game as if they resent the fact that they have to pretend to be abiding by the rules. What they're trying to say is the rules don't apply to us. We have so much money, power and influence that we're disgusted by the fact that the rules, you think that the rules apply to us. Now, this is what's, this is what's at stake, quite, yeah. quite, quite literally, that the idea of governance in the in sense of, of financial governance in, sense, in terms of rules, the whole idea of governance is at stake. CAS have a massive responsibility to, to govern to governing bodies all over the world to uphold this ruling. Exactly, yeah, and it's it's it is one that a lot will be looking on, you know, with interest, you know, from our own club where you know Liverpool try to do things within uh, financial means and mm-hmm. you know as self sustainable as possible, which we'll go on to in a few minutes. To the likes of Newcastle as well now, who are looked to be bought over by a country that dwarfs the wealth the same of sort of ownership. You know, it, it, it even dwarfs the wealth of the Man City and PSG owners. So they're looking and they're saying, right, if this gets thrown out and you're free to spend, Newcastle will be in there putting in bids for Diego Maradona and all. They'll be throwing <laughs> in bids for everyone. So Regents. that is a lot. And, and you will see that will come that there'll be players all over the place getting getting bids uh, and clubs getting bought over by, by the super wealthy and it's a dangerous slippery road to go down we won't talk too much more about City we'll go back to the football lads so our first game back is going to be against our local near neighbours Everton um, 
what a what a what a game to start it back on. Um Jordan Pickford was in the news this week talking some shit about the game coming back and it's always a good look Simon Jordan starts flapping his mouth. Um do we do we think there's any fear of Pickford being able to whip up a frenzy and get the Everton boys ready for the game, or are we thinking no? Nah. Come here, do you, know, do you know what that's? I loved, absolutely loved his uh, his Instagram video where he has his robot machine that yes. fires certain f- footballs into, and the balls are barely touching right. his chest. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that fucking football catch better faster. Quality. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous machine. Uh, uh, I was expecting this machine to go woof. Pinging it into the top corner or then the bottom ah, the other side. Straight at him. It was only a kid, little cushion head or back pass. The kids' lockdown training videos have been better than that. Unbelievable <laughs> yeah. carry on. And then he's shout, shouting them out off again. And, he, and, he, and listen, he, he's, he's got previous for this with England. Yeah. And, and with his club, shout his mouth off, and then he goes and makes a mistake. Yeah, um, sure he done it, didn't he? But Alison, yeah, the guys, the, the guys, hugely overrated um, by the British media. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest, uh, there's better keepers there. I, I think Pope is is, is a more yeah. much much uh, better keeper, and there's, there's a few more that are that are that are probably better as well. You want to Young Henderson, Young Henderson, Henderson, Henderson is fantastic. Uh, Peter yeah. saw him uh, at the the Liverpool game at Anfield. Mm. And he pulled off two saves. And he's not, you know, like about, you know, obviously he's a United player, but he's, he doesn't go around, there's no cocky arrogance about him. Mm. Um, mm. He don't read stupid interviews. Mm. He's not, you know, he's not out there doing stupid videos or stupid things in the media. He he, he looks like he's all about his game and, and mm. hopefully, you know, yeah. for his own development, that continues that way. But he, he Pickford, Pickford is Pickford, lads, you know. Yeah, everything we know about Pickford. Yeah, he's he's, he's there. He's a modern day. He's a modern day. I hate to say this. He's a modern day Dave James. The players look to the captain. The captain looks to the manager, and the manager looks to you. It's time to be heard. Pitch is the new app that gives football fans the voice you deserve. Get your views sent straight to media pundits, commentators, and the club you love. From dodgy penalties to rating match performance, make your opinion count. The manager's looking to sub him off, and the fans agree. Download the Pitch app for free today. Be heard. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Pretty fair to say. I think, to be honest with you, and I've said this to Philip Casey a few times, Pickford, for me, is that the product of a bad assessment of goalkeepers. For years now, the bottom three clubs, they're goalkeepers who face the most amount of shots because mm. they're statistics and they look like they always look like they're world class goalkeepers. And I always think we're judging goalkeepers wrongly. For me, and I've hated, I, I, I'm going to sound but biased here, but Liverpool got to get it right with Allison because they're not just looking at what you do when you're under pressure. They look at the gaps between when you're under pressure, what you're concentrating. And it's funny you should mention David James because his concentration was awful. But that's the value of a goalkeeper. If you're cold for 20 minutes and then you switch back on, your distribution, 
it's not the fact that you're you're facing thirty shots a game, which goalkeepers like Pickford were at Sunderland, and we suffered that with Mignolet. It's about what yeah. you do when you're when you're called upon and what how your concentration is. And, and I think you know thirty million pounds on Jordan Pickford because he was at a relegated club and look ultra busy. It's just not a way to judge goalkeepers, boys. Hey, hey you just touched on something there. And, and the, the one I always reference when, when I speak to, you know, yeah. paper coaches today is, is Courtois. Yeah. His successful season at Chelsea, yeah. uh, they win the league that year, correct? Uh, I'm really yeah. sure he did. Yeah. Um, Chelsea had such a deep line because Terry is aged. Uh, yeah. His his legs are gone. He's obviously, up to, up, he's taken painkillers as far as now for his knee as well He's, he struggles during games um, they've such a deep line in that back four that his, his shot to save ratio is is about to is going to be brilliant mm-hmm. and in fairness yeah. they, they had a good squad of players to go and win them in that league as well in fairness and you know they have millions millions at their disposal as well then you see the year later lads where Chelsea are in transition under I think it could have been Vias Boas mm. yeah they were uh, poor they the whole line they tried the high line. Courtois doesn't doesn't look like this amazing keeper anymore mm. because he's getting found out because he doesn't mm. play to, 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 towards the edge of his box. He, he's getting found out, and and we see now currently at Real Madrid. Obviously, they're yeah. that they've done quite well in France back under Zidane. But mm. well, listen, they're always going to do quite well. They've got a, millions at disposal, but Courtois still doesn't look a great keeper. Well, no, I think Zidane prefers um, the other chap, the the guy from Costa Rica. What's his name? Kaylon Navas. Yeah, I think was, Zidane prefers him. Disgusted that he, yeah, that he they let him go. Actually, mm. um, which is it's a great point about Courtois Gar because he is one that played in the good team. You know, Pete, you are spot on there. We fell for Mignolet as well. Not fell for him, but you know, we bought Mignolet from Sunderland on the back of him being a good shot stopper. Mm. But when you're a good shot stopper facing. 10 game, ten shots a game and you pull off four saves you can see two or three but you've pulled off four worldies it's oh, not fair YouTube, YouTube will make you look like a hero exactly YouTube will make you look a hero but they don't show you it's different to, to buying a and you can't buy a goalkeeper for the same reasons that you buy a goal scorer. You know, YouTube will show you, but what does does YouTube show you the the, the lack of concentration that you have? Of course, it doesn't. You know, and I just always think it, we that's why we got in the right. You know, finally with Alisson. It's yeah. never, I mean, Klopp, I seen an interview with Klopp the other day regarding the Champions League semi-final and the shots that he faced um, against Messi, uh, for example. It's not that he did anything spectacular. He was in the correct position all the time. So it looks easy and it looks, God, it looks yeah. like these saves are easy. It's his position. And, and this is the, the problem I have with David De Gea is his position is so bad he looks like a good goalkeeper. Now that sounds weird yes. because the saves, he gets down so well, but he has to get down so well because his positioning is so well. It's the same yeah. argument I always use with Mascherano. Mascherano looked great in the tackle, but you've got to ask yourself, why is he in the tackle all the time? Yeah. He's a midfield yeah. player because his, his first touch was so poor. So, I, you know, seeing him one of the, one of the shows that we had, people voting him into our best team ever. I'm like, lads, leave it out. <laughs> I mean, and for I ten yard pass as well, Pete. They went, they yeah. went. You know, it was nothing over ten yards at times. I, I, but yeah. I seen the guy play it live, and I just seen him give the ball away. But what I seen him was make that two or three yard gallop that I've had to make, you know, as a player to get to get into a challenge, having had a, couple, a succession of bad touches. Mascherano for me, 
not my cup of tea, to be honest. Yeah. Pete, we sent, uh, we sent your YouTube clips off to Berry. Um, <laughs> I'm getting an answer back yet, mate. So if I get an answer back, I'll give you a shout. Right? Watch this face. Watch this face. <laughs> my second touch, I promise, my second touch is better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But in, in all seriousness now, you know, it's I say in all seriousness, I want to stick with everything here. Have you seen <laughs> their new kit sponsor and their is it manufacturer? Kazoo or something? Is it? It's Kazoo, right? And it's some e-commerce fucking car rental site. So that okay. gear next year is being made by Hummel and is being sponsored by Kazoo. I've seen better kit sponsorship deals in the Leinster Senior League than what the ever are getting here. <laughs> It'd be better off getting sponsored by Yazoo. People that know yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like it's it's comedy stuff, you know, and it, it you know if you read Everton Twitter or if you if you read some Everton fan sites and all that, the the impression Everton fans have of Everton is a lot different than what we have <laughs> and what I'd imagine the rest of the world has because they linking themselves with top players all over the place. They got Angelotti in thinking that they've got, you know, a, a prime manager on the cusp of something. They've got a 70-year-old manager looking for the shekels who was just there to just to see how it was time, you know what I mean? And they're talking about, oh, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. The delusions of the Everton fan base is playing crazy. And I think that just adds to where we're going and where they're going at the moment. It's got to be it's got to be excruciating for them. I mean, Gar and we all, three of us, we grew up in an era where Everton were our biggest threat. Let's be yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. literally, I used to dread playing them. And every time we got to a cup final, it seemed to be against them. Um, I don't know if the the draws are rigged and they were always close affairs so you know there's a lot of Everton supporters have grown up in that and grown up and, and now I mean, they haven't won a trophy in over 25 years yeah. you may, look I'll give them let's give them their credit I think Richarlison's a fine player do I think Richarlison will be there at the end of next year <laughs> not a chance not a chance not a chance it's a squad that's it's got you know they'll tell you that you know oh, the yearly mean if they bought from Barcelona Pudden, right? Brutal. Lucas Dinia, the best left back in the, in the <laughs> league in the world, you know, a decent player, but you know, uh, you know I've seen him more than put him up against someone with pace. I, yeah. I've seen Adama Troyori absolute. In fact, Everton won the game, but I've seen Adama Troyori take him to the absolute cleaners. He's yeah, a liability I mean, defending, to be honest. And Andre Gomez, Andre Gomez is a good player. Like I'm not trying to say the chap isn't, but these these were let go by Barcelona because they were no use to their first team. They were miles away from their first team, so it's not like Everton are going in and raiding the Barca first team to get these players in. <laughs> it's it's just a madness with them, you know. I'd love to know their real feelings about this game coming up. And if Man City were to drop to lose against Arsenal, like what would the mentality be? You know, they don't have to go to the stadium before COVID nineteen happened. There was a lot of talk that they weren't going to go if we could win the league at Goodison. They they have the excuse now that they don't have to yeah. be there, but. I just wonder, you know, what's it like to be an Everton fan at the moment? Because it's, you know, their their new stadium. What's the story it's, with that? It look, <laughs> you know, it, it looks really well. You know, it looks like. Have you ever watched Grand Designs? <laughs> yeah, big fan. It, it, it looks it looks like the first five minutes of Grand Designs. <laughs> yeah. When and there's just the some drawings. cement down. There's just some cement yeah. down. There is not a space. Had the drawings. There is not yeah. a digger near the place. There's nothing. It's just cement. It looks great. 
Listen, yeah, some them water. I'm sure you go. I am sure you get this. You know, they probably give you a three D. You know, they one of the the new three D things. Yeah, to put on. virtual reality <laughs> job. VR things to put on. Go. Oh my god, this is beautiful. Can you imagine it's, beating Liverpool at this imaginary stadium? And I think this yeah. set of fans actually wear a virtual reality um, headset for the for the last three years. Because the way they go on on Twitter, lads, yeah. you swear they were they were winning leagues every year, uh, getting the Champions League fun. It's, it's yeah. mad. It's a mad show altogether. I mean, well, in fairness, what, what they, they did have, win the know? Champions League, nearly won the Champions League with uh, Spurs last season, and they did win the Champions League <laughs> okay, with Real Madrid yeah. the year before that. Okay. Were in it. And they won the league yeah. with Man City last season as well. You know, so they've been yeah. successful in their own right. You know what I mean? Shadow trophies, but they Shadow are just them. Yeah, you know, whatever makes you happy, makes you happy. But look, we'll move on to Liverpool, lads, because at the end of the day, we're all Liverpool fans. What do you make of the news over the weekend? The team over in our non, non-signing um, the plans <coughs> for whenever the transfer window opens. Gar, what are you thinking on um, how it's shaping up for Liverpool? Did you want Werner? Do you think it was a runner? Or do you feel Liverpool might have stepped away and... Just a few things, and I know lads obviously had, had spoken yourself and the lads spoke again about it yeah. last night. The way the current football, yes, come here. But I loved them as part of you know as part of the squad. And if if the African nations goes ahead, I would have loved them days. He looks like a smashing talent. And yeah. um, but then this all hits and 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 things change. The 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 the, the law of the land changes. Uh, people forget that where the stadium is getting done up. Um, the train train grounds getting done up, uh, FSG and obviously the way we we do our dealings and and the year on year dealings with with finances etc. So from that point of view, you have to be a bit you know put your financial hat on. You go right, it makes sense. We're not going to pay two hundred grand a week for this fellow when we've got I think it's third or fourth highest wage bill. Is that correct? Yeah, the third highest I think in the in the world. So and and then there's also the the point of view that. Werner's not going to come and sit on the bench, lads. He wants to play games. Yeah. And if you take Salah, Mane, or Bobby you, you, you upset the apple tart a bit. And and one of them goes. And we, we all know players eventually leave anyway, but your club has built something w- w- with that first 11. We need something. Um, unfortunately, the backup to that front three is it, it, not, not good enough at the moment, lads. Um, it's, it's, it's got us out of a few favours. Uh, but we need something to come in and and obviously develop behind that. Uh, Origi is is beyond development in my opinion. He's he's done some good, very good thing for us. Uh, but he, he doesn't fit what yeah. what that front three does. Um, if if he is to come in, and, and we've seen that on occasions this season when he has come in, he's looked like a a, a round a, a, you know round peg in a square hole. Like it's it's just yeah. it doesn't suit him. Um, do, do you try and go to youth? Um, it, it's a very hard call because um, they need development as well, um, as we all know. So that's where you look, the, the loan structure will help a lot of clubs this year, I would imagine, from academies, uh, because we, we won't see a lot of, well, you won't see major money spent. I think the loan market is going to be a huge, huge thing for, for development teams uh, this year. You know, Chelsea's loan, loan market has done them well over years, yeah. and I think it's something we should do. Uh, we have been doing obviously either to uh, bring investment in for money for players. Um, obviously, Harry Wilson will probably be be the case on that. So it's it's, it's a very hard one. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I, I didn't see him coming uh, because of that thing of you know 
this guy will want games and he wasn't going to come in for 60 grand a week. Mm. Yeah. But, but as, as for everything, there's arguments for and against. No, exactly. uh, for me, I agree with you. However, I looked, I'm not, I, I'm not, I wasn't as disappointed as I would have been if I thought he fit. This is going to mm. sound really strange. I think it's a fantastic signing for Chelsea. I think yeah. Chelsea will, sp- will spend an awful lot of time without the ball. And if you can hold on to a player like N'Golo Kante, for example, and sit back off teams and just suck them in and allow that space, a player like Tim- Timo Werner will kill you on the break. Yeah. The problem I have with Timo Werner being at Liverpool is we spend, on average, 65 to 70% of the of games in possession of the ball. Teams sit off us. I don't see that space that Timo Werner is going to spring into, barring in a big European game, for example, which is probably what you need. So I'm, if I'm having an honest conversation as manager with Timo Werner, I'm telling him, you're not starting against the majority of league to- teams that come to Anfield and sit off us because, quite frankly, yeah, there's not going to be the space that we're going to we're going to use. I want a Mane, I want a Salah who are better than Timo Werner in tight areas. I want Firmino to create that limited space to make them all. So you're not going to start ahead of them three. Um, but you know what I want you for when the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid come to us, or we go there and we're under pressure. You're going to destroy them on the break with that unreal pace that you've got. Now, if I'm 24 years of age and I've got 75 goals in 120 games for my club and I'm thinking about my next move, do I want to be David Fairclough? Do I want to be Ali Gunnar Solskjaer? No, I want to start. So yeah, I can yeah. understand from both sides. A lot of Liverpool supporters are saying, we chose not to go in there. I don't know. I think we probably made an offer. And he asked for... because this is. I think there's two things that happened. If you, I've been watching Timo Werner's interviews quite a lot. He talks a lot which yeah. is one tick against him. You know, he, he makes a lot of statements. He talks about Klopp. He talks about Liverpool. Yeah. And I always think, don't do that. Do you want to come to Liverpool? Yeah. Let let your feet do the talking. So that was one kind of indication I got that perhaps we wouldn't go from. Then I just thought, he's not that player. Like, I, for example, in a dream scenario, I'm looking at Laut- Lautaro Martinez, who's a fantastic yeah. player in tight situations. And I want yeah. him. I want players who maybe not as uh, athletically as gifted as Timo Werner, but can do things for you in tight areas and c- can turn yeah. a game. And I just, I, as I said to you, if we're a lesser team, if we're the, if if this is Liverpool under Rafa Benitez, I'm I'm yeah. all over Timo Werner, all over him. He's the most yeah. important signing we make. But Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp, dominating the football 60-70% of the game with Genie Vinaldum covering all that space with that midfield with Derek, with Henderson, you know, smothering games with the front three, you know, vying for small pieces of space, looking for that split second to kill you. You know, I, I would worry about a team of and what are you actually going to do? Are we going to see your talent here? So I'm not as disappointed about losing them at all. That's true. And I think one of the one of the key aspects in this is the the money involved. You know, if, if we're to believe the figures, you know, two hundred K he's gonna get at Chelsea, you know, mm. Liverpool were never gonna be offering that for a player that's not going to break into the fourth team. That's going to be essentially the backup and the four sub if we're chasing a game, you know, and it's it's just too much. I think the highest earner is probably Salah. And is he even on 200? Or if he is, he's just in around the 200K. I think Van Dijk's on about 150, you know what I mean? So we're not 
Liverpool don't give that big them big bucks. No, Liverpool would have gone hundred yeah. odd for him. Yeah, Liverpool them hundred and something. The, the wage structure at Liverpool, from what I understand from people talking, is it's heavily bonused. It's based on success. Yeah. yeah. Now Liverpool, Liverpool are one of those clubs that can bonus you based on because the, because the success is achievable. I mean, if I'm signing for Tottenham and you're telling me I'm getting by today's standard 65k basis but I could be on target um, for 130 I'm looking at you going no I want me money so but at Liverpool you know that it's all achievable it's related to how far you go in the Champions League your league position etc etc um, I mean we, we, I think Robert Roberto Firmino gets a 45k goal bonus so you can understand the way the way it's incentivized. whereas then you've got Chelsea coming in offering you first team football and as you say 200 grand a week and the guts of that's probably his basic. He's probably getting at 120 yeah. and he's on, t- on target for 200. So for me, from his perspective, I can I could understand him yeah. saying, are you, as a player, an arrogant player, I would say, no, I'll go to Liverpool and I'll win it over and I'll win trophies and I'll, I'll get in ahead of Salah and Mane. I, I will, but realistically, I want to play football. Yeah. You know? I think Klopp's, Klopp's interview the other day, that's probably the most honest interview I've seen from a manager in regards of... Uh, payment structure or whatever and he did say he did allude in, in, to it in regards of uh, bonuses I don't mm-hmm. think he used the bonus for it, but he did say incentives or whatever and it's it's how Liverpool work people have got to stop with this this football manager mentality online yeah. it's it's a huge disease within our fan base unfortunately mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's in other fan bases as well we've we've seen yeah. uh, you know where they come out about the Glazers in the last few years but they spend money let's be honest but they spend it on shoy. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the current structure works. The current structure works for the, for a manager. If our manager had an issue with this structure, I think he'd be gone. Mm, yeah. Of course. And, I tell you, and, and it helps to, to attract the right types of players. For example, I'll give you the worst case example. If I'm manager of Manchester United and I pay, I'm in a bidding war to sign Alexis Sanchez, you know where I'm going with this. I win that bidding war and I'm paying this player 400 grand a week. I'll tell you what you've done. You've killed his hunger. That's it. Yeah. That player has arrived. He can pay for the, the education of his great-grandchildren. Money will never be affected when he goes home to Chile. Now, if I'm signing Gar Breen, I want a good centre-half, 19 years of age from Blackburn Rovers, I'm saying, Gar, I know you've got it in you, but if you can give me that extra little bit and you can walk with my, de- with my defensive coaches... We can bring out of you stuff that I see that yeah. probably quite, yeah. can't quite be. And by the way, here's a PowerPoint presentation. Here's what the equivalent of you four years ago is earning now. I won't name his name, but I'll, I'll tell you what he was on, basically, mm-hmm. and what he achieved. And that's that's uh, that's how to incentivize people at a realistic place where you can incentivize. And I believe that I'm not I'm not an in the know. I wish I was, but I believe that's the way Liverpool is run. Yeah, I'm not in the know, right, but... The Birmingham coach has just walked today, correct? Yeah, yeah, Pep Plot here, yeah. I'm not in the know, I'm not in the know who has done mm. a fabulous job in the mm. development of Jude Benningham. Mm. Uh, the ascent of United has gone lo- a bit low on Jude Benningham. Mm. Genie's contract thing is is up in the air. Mm. Uh, I'm just getting a feeling of a watch this space thing. And do you know what? That's a, it's a good point, Gar, because a lot of the stuff coming out now is that Liverpool won't spend any money and, and don't have money to spend in the current climate. Now, we all know they have got money. They just don't want to... Um, my opinion now, I'm not saying 
again, mm. I know nothing, you know what I mean? But my opinion is that they don't want to spend it, not recklessly, but, you know, the whole package for Timo Werner was absolutely astronomical when you brought in agents fees and yeah. wages, and it was an absolute whopper of a deal. If you bring in someone like Jude Bellingham, and you get Jude Bellingham, now I don't know, Birmingham wanted 30 million, I think 25 million for Jude Bellingham. You'll get him for less than that, obviously. They're, they were desperate before COVID-19, and they're going to be even more desperate now. You'll get him for less than that, but the overall package is a lot less. And I think Liverpool won't be afraid to do business at a lower package. And I think we might see deals like the Minamino deal that we've done. Now, Minamino hasn't done that for us yet, but he could be an absolute superstar in waiting. We don't yeah, know yet. He yeah. may not be, but he may be. But that's the type of deal I think Liverpool will be looking mm-hmm. at. So they bring in Minamino for seven million. I don't know what wages he's on, but I'll guarantee you he's not on 150, 200 grand a week or nothing yeah. like it. Liverpool want that sort of player and I think there will be money available if a player like that comes up and if you know Joe Bellingham is one of the highest right? he's only 16 years old and he's in mixing just it gone, with, just with gone Brown 17, isn't he? I think, yeah, is he yeah. just turned 17 but he's mixing it with Brown yeah, he's, he's been fantastic this season that's it, a you know, with, with yeah. he's the fifth best league in the world I think the champion, yeah, the championship yeah the standard in it is so high. You know, it's so high in the championship that it's not oh, it's, 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 it's huge, lads. It's, it's absolutely huge. And, you know, we just touched on crowd noise there a few minutes ago. There's a couple of clubs to, to go to Millwall. Uh, yeah. And with, with their games coming back soon, I think that could go against Millwall as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there's, there's a lot of good players down in, in, in that league, lads. A lot of young talent as well. Um, yeah. That will will come to we will get probably with with what's going on as well. We'll get big moves now. Yeah, in, 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 into yeah. yeah, and and you're probably looking at you know times gone by when when big clubs did go a lot to the championship to get the best talents, and they still do. Don't get me wrong, but you know we 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 had a big history of it years ago. Mm, yeah. I think we're going to see more and more of that with, with the financial impact that could hit us. Well, it has to. It has to. I mean, look, talent hasn't changed. And I always say, you know, the club stopped with the influx of very good technical foreigners improving the Premier League. Mm. Club stopped really looking, as you say, Gareth, in, in the Champions Championship. And what happened was... I think as a direct result of that, you began to see championship clubs going further in cup competitions. You know, yeah. because players that weren't getting a, a show, you know, and perhaps that was a, a dual effect. You know, the fact that Premier League clubs were taking their eye off the ball with with their cup competitions. But it's, I don't think it's a coincidence either. These Some of these players who would have, I mean, for example, um, who's the lad that scores all the goals? They scored all the goals for Blackburn. Was at, I think he's at Burren now. He's been around. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, I think. Jordan Rhodes, Rhodes, yeah. Jordan Rhodes 10, 15 years ago would have been a Premier League player. Beyond mm-hmm. the shadow of a doubt. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Would have been, somebody would have took a gamble. But nobody takes a gamble on players like that now. You know, because yeah. I can, if I don't need Jordan Rhodes, I can go off and I can buy a Graziano Pelle from, you know, Perugia or whatever. Who's to say Graziano Pelle is better than Jordan Rhodes? You know, I, I just think... I think, yeah, I think it, that's just an arrogance thing, though, Pete, over the last yeah. few years in regards mm. to scouting, in regards of, you know, you know, policy on buying foreign players. It's it's mm. it's just a slight arrogance. And mm. I think there's been a huge change in the last four to five years in regards of how championship and and, and lower and probably lower sides in regards of their styles of play. Mm. Um, you've got foreign coaches coming in at, at lower clubs. Uh, obviously, Norwich got promoted and, you know, these these ideals and and tactics and, and and foreign development academies and how they run things, 
they're getting smarter in the lower leagues now, lads, and, and we're getting, you know, England has put major, major money into developing, you know, from academy level to their own underage level. And we're going to see a big change for, for English players in, in, in technical aspect. We, we both know, you know, we all know that they like a physical player and they want, you know, the, that athlete. But we will see, a, we are starting to see a little swing in regards of players who are technically good as well. You know, you've got a couple of Norwich players. Uh, the fullback is a fantastic player. Yeah. And Aaron's, is it? No, it is Aaron. It is Aaron. Uh, yeah. It is Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got you've got players within these teams that can't well. Can't well. Can't a cracking player technically. I tell you what, he's, he's got, got he went to Holland, didn't he? He's, yeah, he's, he's got, got the confidence. He's got that arrogance mm. that you need to make it as well. Yeah, Many times, I don't know about you. I remember. I, I mean, I played Roman League football in England, and the thing that struck me about a lot of the lads, what was. Just the confidence they had. I mean, I come from Ireland where you couldn't you couldn't think of anything of yourself. The lads would be lining up the slot. You know what it's like in an Irish dressing yeah. room. But over yeah. there, the lads would be smelling themselves and they'd be lining up for this, lining up for the, I'm this, lining up. Not, I mean, that struck me. But I think when it's in a positive sense, and I looked at um, the young lad Cantwell, as you mentioned, Keith from Norwich, taking a penalty at White Hart Lane against Tottenham. And you could see him, he was eating the atmosphere. The fans were giving him mm. stick and he was loving it. And he was he stood there after putting it into the top bin, by the way, which is something you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. I, when I'm getting my penalties away, I'm thinking, how close to the post and at what velocity can I get this? He's thinking, at 19, I'm putting this into the top bin. That, there's a lovely confidence to see that in such a young player. Lads, you know who reminds me of? His stride, the way he dribbles, Steve McMahon. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Very, yeah. He, he is, yeah. and it does not, it does not, it will not surprise me. I know we've been linked, and I know Shawnee has also said this within the group. I think we go for him, and hopefully. that's the type of player we'll go for. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, creative, and um, we'll open sides up who, who you know who do sit deep against us. I think that's the type of player we go for. And yeah. Norwich go down, you're going to get him for probably the, the good to fifteen minutes. Well, they are well, gone. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now where with the games coming up, right? So, for example, Liverpool, if they were to win the two games they need, do you see any players making a push that are in the first team squad now that can make a push to position themselves for next season? Like, do we think Minamino can see game times? Do we think Keita can stay fit and play the games to put them? in a position for next season. You know, looking at the squad, we all thought maybe that Shakiri might be on his way out. Does Shakiri now have a lifeline that he might get to stay around or has that ship sailed? Or is there any other players that you feel, you know, has a chance to to nearly get themselves back in the frame um for next season or that you'd be interested to see pushing on um in the rest of this season. You know, with the pressure being off in the games, there's no crowd. You know, would you like to see, for example, LaRouche get a couple of games at left back where there's no crowd on his back, there's no intimidation as such, or uh, Nico Williams getting a couple of games if it's all wrapped up? Is there anyone you can think of? Harvey Elliott from Eager. You know, we talked we talk earlier on about tight spaces. Harvey, I'd love to see Harvey Elliott get six or seven games. Definitely. Oh, I think he's he's the one that is is the next you want to call it GM to to come through. Mm. We've we've got him for him, but he I think he's the one that you know 
we've seen him push ahead of people in that squad over. I don't see major changes, lads. Um, judging, you know, we know how Klopp is. He goes for yeah. the droid and tests it all the time, lads. Let's be 100% honest yeah. here. I, I don't see him resting, lads. I see him wanting to do this and do this cleanly. I don't see mm-hmm. him wanting to mess it up. Um, I don't see many people. I think with the five substitutions, you might see more, lads, giving minutes. Curtis Jones, yeah. Harvey Elliott. Williams, Neko Williams, maybe not. Um, because obviously, you know, he's Trent. If Trent there, he's still that adapting thing. This has been a sort of breakthrough season, I suppose, in, in the cup games. I think next year with more games, you might see more of them. But I just just the way Klopp is, lads, I just think mm. he goes with his, his tried and tested. And we might see Curtis Jones, Elliot, Williams to a point. Uh, I'd love to see more of Larucci. I've, I've enjoyed every time I've, I've, I've seen him. Um, I just think they're the, the ones you might see for the five or the ten minutes because we both know, we all know, he doesn't make substitutions after yeah. 45 minutes. <laughs> we're, no. often at, we're often screaming at TV at 70 minutes to make a substitution. Yeah. Well, he doesn't do that. So we might see you know a few minutes here and there, but we won't. I don't think you see starts. Yeah, no, I'd be surprised because they're going to be going, I'd say, for points, targets and all that. You know what I mean? There's records there to be had. So, you Mm. know, while he might give one or two a game, I don't think he's going to sort of... But you made the point earlier, Keith, is there a lifeline for the likes of Shaquille? I think this squad stays together. And unless somebody kicks uh, up and down... I mean, it's funny with a lockdown like this and uh, from what we've seen of the the different Zoom groups and stuff like that, how you... you know, My biggest worry is tying Gini Wijnaldum down to a contract. I think Gini Wijnaldum is hugely... would hugely uh, make a difference anywhere. I think he's one of the most energetic players I've ever seen, ever. Um, So I think that's that should be a priority. Well, I don't, call me a nut, but I honestly, for me, the priority should be to keep this group of lads together. You know, certainly for even I, if, if we didn't sign anyone, where, where where do we need to strengthen? Okay, you could argue that we need an, uh, some form of alternate up front. Origi doesn't doesn't perform all that badly, um, you know, and Shakiri's capable of playing across the front three, so. Yeah, and. I, I, don't, I don't see why we need to, you know. The only real one going to, Move on will be Lalana will go on a free transfer. Nathaniel yeah. Coyne will go as well, but he hasn't figured at all. Yeah. So, I mean, is it just going to be a case of Curtis Jones stepping into that sort of Lalana role where he might play eight games a season or yeah. seen in about eight, eight to ten games in a season? And that's the natural step up there. You know, it's not putting too much pressure on Curtis Jones and it's, it's sort of introducing him to the first team full time. You know, that could be the way we go about it. But do you think any of the lone players that are out there is is it a lifeline for the Harry Wilson? I don't ever see Harry Wilson making it a Liverpool personally under normal circumstances. But could in uh, a reluctance to spend money could that give Harry Wilson a chance or Marco Grujic or Rian Brewster? Like could these guys come back and and do Bru- anything? Brewster, I think Brewster could be the one that slots into that. You know the the waiting uh, into yeah. the front three. Um, he's he, he's been fantastic from all reports at Swansea. Any time I've seen him, he's looked very very lively. He's he's sort of playing like you, you know as, as he would be in that Liverpool front three. In fairness, he's he's pressing. He's he's doing everything right. Um, he, he's he's hustling. He's getting a few little bookings here and there as well. So yeah. you know he's you know in that league, that yeah. league you can either sink or swim. I mean, he seems to be swimming in fairness. To him. Yeah. I think Harry Wilson goes. Lad, I think Shakiri could go. Yeah. Um. Um, it, it just you know, there's been times Klopp could have used him and he just hasn't, and he keeps breaking down with little injuries here and there. So I think he goes. Um, 
And other than that, I, I also think we could see Curtis Jones go on loan, lads. Why? Even if Gar- they're not buying anyone. I don't why. I don't see it. Why? I'd keep him. I think he's I think he's able for it. Ran the show I, against everyone. 100%, 100% I think he's able for it. Um but a player at his age, Peter, needs games. Yeah. Um and, and we've seen it, we've just spoken about Foden at, at City. Um and I, I don't want to see him go down that road just to get a few minutes here and there yeah. in the end of games and be given the odd cup game. I don't think this is me as a coach, I suppose, talking. I'm not going to get the Liverpool job tomorrow, but at the same time, I think for, for his own development, and I think Liverpool will want him to develop as well, to come back. And I think he goes on now, and that's just next year. I think it would have been a nice plan if they could have had a normal yeah. summer where they bring in another player, but I don't yeah. know if the, the, the COVID-19 might throw all that out the window because Gar- it looks Gar- like he is earlier, ready. Yeah. Gar mentioned earlier the loan system and I think that's probably where the loan system comes in. We send one out on loan and bring something in. you know, And I think it's a good signal to the player to say, listen, we're, we're only covering you for the time that you're getting your games somewhere else. I think that I think what you're saying now makes sense for me. Because Liverpool, by the way, of every Premier League club, loan the least amount of players. Yeah. If you think about Klopp it. Klopp was very Peter, reluctant. Peter, the, that's just... Does someone like Ryan Frazier come in on a free transfer? It's one for I would put for a barge pole, but for cover, he could be a, a good option to play down on the left. And yeah, you might look at, I just, you think, might I just think Klopp could get more, it could get something out of him. And he's had a couple of injuries this year in France. So yeah. Last year he was flying. I just think he's he's ready made for Shakiri's role in that squad. The problem is, problem. Gar. Again, and Liverpool, I think Gary Neville touched on this months ago. Liverpool are going to struggle to to sign top-level players because the fear that they'll have coming into that squad. Yeah. A lot of the, Ryan Fraser is 25, 26, I think. He wants to play. He wants yeah. to play. He comes to Liverpool, he'll play if Salah or Mane are injured. He's not going to get into that midfield three. He's got two spots and he's he's fighting against the two best African players on the planet for, you know, for, for, for slots, both of whom have been Ballon d'Or listed in the top yeah. five. It's not going to happen. If I'm Ryan Fraser, his agent, I'm saying, listen, we have an offer from Tottenham. You'll play. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'll play. But you'll that's, that's why I think that the, the Cantwell one makes more sense, that's, yeah. yeah. in regards, he's, he's, he's ready made for the league. He's shown he can do it in the league. Um, and it also would buy Minamino a bit more time as well. Yeah, mm. and that's it, you know, and it's 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 no harm having these good players in there, do you know what I mean? Now, before we finish up, lads, Jorgen has talked about um, a title parade next season. How would you feel about having a title parade 13, 14 games into the next year's season? Would a body as I would just, just be like, fuck it, we're going out to celebrate. What do you think? I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you win a league. Well. Come here, let's, come here. You win a league, you celebrate it. Mm. Um, COVID is obviously blown, blown, the, yeah. blown everything out of water so you mm. need to do it when everything you know and you know the way the English government are going they'll just have a big party anyway because <laughs> yeah. big huge markets yeah. they're pulling down statues all over the place exactly yeah. over there at the moment. I'd say do it now yeah. Yeah. well I agree with Gar to be <laughs> whatever chance we have whatever chance we have to really 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 boil piss to be honest, if we if can we do it every week for thirteen weeks Boy, next year? 
for me. Yeah, yeah. For me, this is the thing. For people to talk about us, and I've said this numerous occasions, being unbearable. Yeah. Oh, Liverpool will be this. Do you know what's the only thing that's unbearable for them is the fact that they will never, no longer have anything to hold over yeah. us in exactly. terms of stuff that we haven't won. Yeah. That's what they find unbearable. So for me. A parade every week is the way to go. In fact, we should invite Mayor Joe Anderson, and he has a responsibility to turn up as Mayor of Liverpool, to yeah. sit on the parade bus because he will absolutely fucking hate that. Pardon yeah. my language. And we should we got, we should book a tour and do it like uh, you two would do it. Book a tour of every single city where there's obviously because there's huge thousands of thousands of Liverpool fans all over Britain, all over Ireland. Book a book a like a music tour where we we take the bus everywhere and just boil piss. All over the UK and Ireland. Lovely. Thank you very much. We are Liverpool. Good night and God bless. Definitely. What a way. What a way to finish <laughs> up there, lads. Listen, we'll we'll call a halt to it now. I just want to say thanks very much to the two lads for coming on. Peter, thanks very much all the way from sunny Spain. Legend. Cheers, boys. <laughs> no worries. And Gar, thanks, always lads. a pleasure to have you on Gents, as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's been the Club Podcast. I've been Keith Plunker and I'll see us all soon. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you thinking more about how to tighten up your budget these days? Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average, and customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.